You are listening to LearnOutLoud.com's production of Spiritual Classics. Collecting key excerpts from a wide range of religious traditions throughout human history, this podcast is dedicated to showcasing the core teachings of the world's greatest spiritual thinkers. For a complete listing of all the Learn Out Loud podcasts with links to subscribe, please visit us at www.LearnOutLoud.com podcast. Thank you for listening. Heaven and Hell by Emanuel Swedenborg, published in 1758, edited by Arthur Mee and J.A. Hammerton. One of Heaven The first thing necessary to be known is, who is the God of Heaven? For everything else depends on this. In the universal Heaven, no other is acknowledged for its God, but the Lord alone. They say there, as He Himself taught, that He is one with the Father, that the Father is in him, and he in the Father, that whosoever seeth him seeth the Father, and that everything holy proceeds from him. I have often conversed with the angels on this subject, and they constantly declared that they are unable to divide the divine being into three, because they know and perceive that the divine being is one, and that he is one in the Lord. The angels taken collectively are called heaven, because they compose it. But still, it is the divine sphere proceeding from the Lord which enters the angels by influx, and is by them received, which essentially constitutes it, both in general and in particular. The divine sphere proceeding from the Lord is the good of love and the truth of faith. In proportion, therefore, as the angels receive good and truth from the Lord, so far they are angels, and so far they are heaven. As in heaven, there are infinite varieties, and no society is exactly like another, nor indeed any angel. Therefore heaven is divided in a general, in a specific, and in a particular manner. It is divided in general into two kingdoms, specifically into three heavens, and in particular into innumerable societies. There are angels who receive the divine sphere proceeding from the Lord more or less interiorly. Those who receive it more interiorly are called celestial angels, but they who receive it less interiorly are called spiritual angels. Hence, heaven is divided into two kingdoms, one of which is called the celestial kingdom and the other the spiritual kingdom. The angels of each heaven do not dwell altogether in one place, but are divided into larger and smaller societies, according to the difference of the good of love and faith in which they are grounded, those who are grounded in similar good forming one society. There is an infinite variety of kinds of good in the heavens, and every angel is such in quality as is the good belonging to him. That heaven, viewed collectively, is in form as one man, is a mystery which is not yet known to the world. But it is well known in the heavens, for the knowledge of this mystery with the particular and most particular circumstances relating to it, is the chief article of the intelligence of the angels, since many other things depend on it, which without a knowledge of this as their common center, could not possibly enter distinctly and clearly into their ideas, as they know that all the heavens together with their societies are in form as one man. They also call heaven the grand and divine man divine because the divine sphere of the Lord constitutes heaven. From my experience, which I have enjoyed for many years, 
I can affirm that angels are in every respect men, that they have faces, eyes, ears, a body, arms, hands, and that they see, hear, and converse with each other. In short, they are deficient in nothing that belongs to a man, except that they are not super-invested with a material body. Their habitations are exactly like our houses on earth, but more beautiful. They contain chambers, withdrawing rooms, and bedchambers, in great numbers, and are encompassed with gardens and flower beds. Where the angels live together in societies, the habitations are contiguous, and arranged in the form of a city with streets, squares, and churches. It has also been granted to me to walk through them, and to look about on all sides, and occasionally to enter the houses. This occurred to me when wide awake, my interior sight being open at the time. That it is by derelation from the Lord's divine humanity that heaven, both in whole and in parts, is in form as a man, follows as a conclusion from all that has been advanced. There is a correspondence between all things belonging to heaven and all things belonging to man. It is unknown at this day what correspondence is. This ignorance is owing to various causes, the chief of which is that man has removed himself from heaven through cherishing the love of self and of the world. For he that supremely knows himself and the world cares only for worldly things because they soothe the external senses and are agreeable to his natural disposition, but has no concern about spiritual things because these only soothe the internal senses and are agreeable to the internal or rational mind. These, therefore, they cast aside, saying that they are too high for man's comprehension. Not so did the ancients. With them the science of correspondences was the chief of all sciences. By means of its discoveries also, they imbibed intelligence and wisdom. And such of them as belonged to the church had by it communication with heaven. For the science of correspondences is the science of angels.